I'm actually very grateful to ESCOM this morning because we've got this lovely romantic <laughs> environment. We wouldn't have that if it wasn't for load shedding. I'm not as grateful on a... Yeah, we love this country. Um, not as grateful on Monday when we can't work so well, but right now my heart is full and we celebrate that. So it's so wonderful to have Anton Rowe here. I just want to honor you guys. Just um, Anton Rowe planted the church with us and led here for many years and are in Natal now. And it's just a real delight to have you guys, really. Friends, I want to, this morning, I want to pick up on um, my first message of the year, which was on just how we, we read how devoted the early church were and the fruitfulness of their lives. And if you'll remember, I just, my prayer for this year, for us individually, but also collectively, would be that we would be a very fruitful community, that you would be a very fruitful person. And so I'm wanting to pick up on on that theme this morning of fruitfulness. And, you know, there are some of us here this morning that are in a wonderful place with Jesus. We are thankful to him. We are echoing what he's doing in our lives. And um, we're just in such a good place. There's some of us here this morning that are maybe sort of on the other spectrum where you are, you may be in a huge turmoil and you're in a place of huge difficulty and then there's some of us here that are just maybe numb. you just like, yeah, I'm good, you know. But actually, it's just because we're going through life and life and we're just bouncing off the walls and it's just we're numb. And I just want to say that the gospel is for each one of those people. It's for those that are um, experiencing his goodness and planted in thankfulness of, Lord, you are doing such wonderful thing and that dependence that Kirsty spoke about. Or... It's also for those that are completely numb and are this morning are going to get woken up and you're going to allow just like a penetration into your heart. And, and for those of us that are in a really dark, difficult place because life's just beating us down at the moment, it's for us as well. And so can I just encourage you, as Kirsty has in her prayer so beautifully, open your hearts this morning because the Holy Spirit wants to meet with each one of us in a very individual way, and he wants, to, he wants to let that liquid honey sink deep, deep, deep into every part of your life this morning. And so I want to speak to us this morning about letting the gospel, or rather even expecting the gospel, to bear fruit in our lives. Now friends, when I say the gospel, what do you hear? The gospel is the good news of Jesus it's the story of the one who made everything that is real, everything that is around us, us, the way we think, everything. The one who made us, the God in heaven, the creator, decided to come down and take on human flesh, identify with us in our humanity, absorb the darkness and sin and disconnect that humanity was experiencing outside of him, to absorb that in himself, to take that on himself in the cross, on the cross, to die with us, mysteriously, um, mystically, we died with him, the word says, and then we got raised up again with him, and he seated us with him in heavenly places. 
where only things that have legitimacy in heaven can reign. And friends, that is our starting point. From that place, we come down and we actually walk on this earth and we get to usher in his, his goodness, the sweetness of the fruit of Jesus in this earth around us. And Jesus says to us in John 15, verse 8, he says, By this my Father is glorified. I've read this before, not so long ago. By this my Father is glorified. What? That you bear much fruit. Isn't that amazing? The fact that you are fruitful isn't an optional extra. By that, the Father in heaven, the creator of everything that we know is real, He's glorified if you're fruitful. Isn't that amazing? And then later in John 15, he says, Jesus says to us, or to them, but to us as well, you did not choose me, but I chose you and pointed you that you may go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. Friends, it's his desire for us. It's his plan for us that we are fruitful And he gives us everything, everything that we need at the cross, at salvation. He gives us everything we need to actually be fruitful. You know, the the word, you've heard this many times, the word salvation in the Greek is sozo, which means uh, salvation, deliverance for our body, our soul, and our spirit. Every aspect of who we are as a human being and a spirit being has been accounted for in the salvation that Jesus brings, that we might be fruitful. And we get this wonderful opportunity to, as Taylor mentioned, come and have this exchange. We get to exchange all of the things that we are, have been walking in, the effects of sin, the effects of the curse. We get to exchange all of those things for all of the blessings that come from, from Jesus and from heaven. We get to do this very beautiful exchange. And friends, Kirsty mentioned about what's happening in, in, in the States with this university and the outpouring of Jesus. And people, I've got no doubt, are being saved. I'm sure it's a renewal and, um, in the church, but no doubt people are getting saved. But salvation isn't the end goal that person that's right now getting saved in that renewal, it's not the end goal. It's the starting point. It's the starting point. So from this side of the cross, actually, we get to fulfill Jesus' desire for us, and that is that we bear much fruit and we glorify God as we do that. The gospel, um, sorry, in Peter, Paul, in Colossians 1, he's writing to the Colossians, and he says this, Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, the good news, which has come to you as indeed the whole world. It is bearing fruit and increasing. That's what it does. It bears fruit. It increases as it does also among you since the day you heard it. Friends, from day one, as you are transformed, as you do this incredible exchange, as you are made brand new, from day one, He says to them, since day one, it actually has been increasing and growing. He goes on to say, 
And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with knowledge, the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, in everything that we do, friends, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. We've got a marvelous, beautiful inheritance. Then he goes on to say, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness, and He's transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. Isn't that beautiful? We've been delivered from this domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So friends, what does it look like to walk, to move from a place where you've moved from this domain of darkness, unable to change the effects of sin on our life. And now you get transferred into this kingdom of his beautiful son and everything that heaven has, has placed to operate, and that is our inheritance. What does it actually look like to walk in this space? And so today I want to talk quite practically about that. But first, I think it's important to establish um, an understanding or an expectation that we would have a, that we would believe that that actually is our inheritance, that we can actually be fruitful. Because although I've already said it and I've read what Jesus has said, many of us struggle with the idea of fruitfulness particularly when it comes to financial things, right, in the church, particularly in that. And today I'm not talking about that aspect of fruitfulness at all, although if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, don't exclude that. He's going to speak into all things. I'm rather speaking into the fruitfulness of our lives. So that's the aspect of fruitfulness that I'm going to speak about today. But many struggle with the idea of fruitfulness and I feel like it's important to go back to your very beginning of where you were actually established. Where, what's our design? How were we made? Because, friends, as Kirsty said earlier, God makes a very big deal of fruit and seed. Um, it's almost like, like fruit and seed is almost like the operating system of how this planet lives. Right? It's a very big deal. And it just hit me as I was preparing for this, as I went and read Genesis 1 again, how big a deal God makes of, of fruit and seed. So this is now the creation from Genesis 1. I'm going to start reading from verse 11. It says, And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its own kind. And God saw that it was good. Do you see how many times seed, it's like four times seed is used there. Um, and then carrying on in verse 26. And then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens 
and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. I just love that. It's like he repeats himself twice. It's like you were made in the image. In, uh, God created man in his own image. Then he, just like in case you didn't get that, not just in his own image, this who. No, in the image of God, he created him. That's your starting point, being the image of God. And God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Friends, it's our design to be fruitful and multiply. And I think maybe sometimes if you've got an issue with fruitfulness, you're like, no, they're just talking about making lots of babies, you know. It's not about that. It is about that, but it's about other things as well. He gives us this earth to rule and reign in. That was his design for us. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth. He gives us dominion over the entire earth. That's what he gave to to Adam and Eve. And every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. Uh, You shall have them for food. Friends, it's an incredibly sweet... I've lost my recording. Without picture, we have to do an iPhone recording. (laughs) Um, It's an incredibly sweet deal that Adam and Eve were born into. Like literally blank check from naming the animals to the whole thing. Rule and reign over this entire earth. So what went wrong from that space? I think you know the story. Um, See a little bit of fruit got in the way. But uh, reading on from Genesis 3, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruits of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. She's talking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was, was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Friends, that's outlining a huge portion of the human condition of what we struggle with today. Provision, the food, delight of our eyes, the things that we delight in, and wisdom or significance. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves on uh, together and made themselves loincloths. They felt shame. They felt disconnected from the Father. And then, and then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Friends, they hid themselves from the presence of the one that made them. 
And ever since then, we've been hiding as humanity, hiding ourselves in our shame and isolation and disconnectedness from the, from the Father. And in that place, friends, if we seek provision, our provision, the things we need, the delight of our eyes, our wisdom, our significance, if we seek for those things outside the presence, when we're hiding from the Father, outside the presence of the Father, it leads to death. It's the spiral of death that it leads to, the opposite of fruitfulness. But when we look for our provision, we delight the things we delight in, and we find our significance in the presence of the Father. None of those things are bad. He made you that way to enjoy those things. But when we do them in the presence of the Father, right here, that's the inheritance that we have, as we read, in the kingdom of His beloved Son. And it's the spiral that takes us, what is a church? From glory to glory. We're meant to start here and just start bearing fruit from day one and just keeps until one day we get to actually be fully, fully present uh, with the Father after this world, uh, earth ends. And friends, I, I just did a, I looked up fruit in the scriptures and it's a huge portion of how God has chosen to interact with these people, how he's made this planet. It's like 183 times in the Old Testament um, that he speaks of, that the word fruit is, is mentioned. In the, in the New Testament, it's like 60 times, at least in the ESV. Um, 37 of those times was from the mouth of Jesus in the Gospels. Okay? And so, our, our, we read earlier, Jesus said, you do not choose me, but I chose you to go and bear fruit, and fruit that will last. So, without exploring the Scriptures exhaustively, I think we can establish, if you, if you can't accept it from the mouth of Jesus, that he wants you to be fruitful, um, I'm not sure what's going to convince you, but maybe it needs a bit of time. But we've established that it's Jesus' will that we are fruitful. And so, as I said earlier, now what does it look like to walk in this domain of the king, kingdom of his beloved son, in this kingdom of light? What does it actually look like? Because, friends, it's not good enough for me to be, get up and preach to you and talk all spiritual and, um, you know, have this, all this theology about what the Lord does and it's, like, amazing. But then I don't know how to treat my wife well at home. I'm not allowing the, the gospel to, to transform me that I can look after a beloved daughter of his or a staff member of mine or a customer of mine, or the guy that I interact with that I bump into on the street. If the gospel is not changing those things, what is it doing? What gospel is it? Because Jesus said, what you do for one of the least of these, whoever you interact with, not just your tribe of people that you've chosen to be with, what you do for the least of these, um, you do for me, you know? Um, we will be known for our love for each other. Friends, that's the, the gospel that is starting to bear fruit. And what is fruit? Fruit is uh, it's something that you taste of. It's sweet. It's a good thing. It's not just soldiering on. Fruit, that's his picture for us, is a very sweet thing. It's meant to be, we taste the goodness of the Lord in every aspect of our lives. 
And so, friends, after salvation, it needs to get very practical, the way the gospel transforms us. From the moment that we wake up out of our bed in the morning and whatever situation that I am confronted with, we need to allow the, the gospel to come and make that beautiful exchange. And if you are here this morning and you're just like, oh, well, no, no, you know, we can sometimes be like, how things, no, fine, things are, life's good. That's your numb state. Yeah, life, life's good. Okay? When in actual fact, if we say, let's do a litmus test, what are you feeling? If you had to keep a diary of your feelings throughout the day, um, when you uh, got shouted at by a customer or you got whatever, your, you know, your kid woke up and they were, didn't want to go to school and it was just like chaotic and then you lost your temper and said you have to go to school and, and like you leave the house. What, what emotions are you leaving the house working in? Do you think those are like emotions that, are, um, that you would find in, the, in heaven? Do you think it's an emotion Jesus would be embracing or walking in? Or are you actually embracing emotions here and you walk through and you just you know, soldier through the day and then you get back to the, the thing and then you get to church and then we start worshiping? And like, no, life's good, you know? But we're actually engaging in a, a place that's not your inheritance. That's not your place to engage. It's not your um, inheritance to put up with long-term effects of those things. And I'll, I say long-term because it's not an illegitimate emotion. And I want to just clarify that just now. But friends, we get to bring the presence of Jesus from here into our everyday, from those places. We get to, we get to bring his presence into where we're walking. And uh, we get to displace the, um, the darkness in those places with the kingdom of light. We get to actually just move in and it gets displaced. And so if you don't think you're in a war from the moment you wake up till you go to bed. It's not always like we are in spiritual warfare. It's not, it's not what I'm about at all. But friends, the word says that the, uh, the, the enemy is going around like a roaring lion trying to destroy. And it's in these little things. And I think that's what I'm trying to draw our attention to this morning. It's not about just like in general, are we Christian and do we come to church and do we worship and that. I want to see transformation and growth and fruit in the way you treat a customer that swears at you. Okay? I want to see the, the, the moment where you lose it with your kids or whatever, just to use those examples to carry them on. How is that being transformed? Those are the things. The kingdom needs to spread through every aspect of life, not just in your quiet time. And it, it needs to change us. So... You can go through these experiences, all of the experiences that you think about experiences you went through last week that were really difficult. And you can walk out the other end of them being battered, bruised, cynical, um, disappointed, whatever it might be. And you can hold onto that tight. Or you can do an exchange with those things. And you can walk out with that word sozo, which is like finding deliverance, um, healing. Um, for your body, mind, soul, and you can allow that to start to grow and spiral upwards. So, and friends, let's be real. When you are looking into the mirror on this side of that experience, of what you're going through, it's so real. I heard stories of some of you. Had, someone here had a really difficult time on Friday. Like, 
when you are looking into the mirror of that and you are staring intently in the, right in that thing, you feel so justified. I'm justified when I'm looking at that thing and I'm like, look what happened, what he said, what she said, what happened to me, the, the lack, the whatever. These are all things that, don't have, that are in this domain. And I look at that and I stare intently into that mirror and what happens? I take on and I experience all the effects of what that brings in my life. Or, same experience. You can take those things and you can come and you can stare into the mirror of the Word, who is Jesus. You can stare in the face of Jesus and look in the mirror intently, look into his eyes and allow him to do an exchange, allow him to transform you, not just like, Jesus, take it away. Friends, a lot of the time we're taking, we, we, we're holding on so tightly to this battle and we're calling it spiritual warfare. No, spiritual warfare is turning your back on that thing, coming to Jesus and allowing him to displace that stuff. And we do that by looking in his face. Look deep into the eyes of Jesus until every emotion that has legitimacy in heaven and that Jesus have becomes my emotion. I get to suddenly, in the face of that, I get to experience his peace. I get to experience his love. I get to experience his joy, even in the midst of that. As Paul said, friend, it's not like when I've got everything together, when I've got all the money, whatever. Whether I've got little or much, Paul says, I am content. Friends, we get to experience him in every situation of life. The victories and the failures, the heartache, the grief, the disappointment, the good things, all of the aspects of life. And on the beautiful things, the fruit just grows. And on the difficult things, we make this exchange and the fruit starts to grow. It's all aspects of life. I think about um, my good friend Rowan here. I've commented, I've mentioned this many times. Coined this a few years ago. It's like every situation that we go through and every emotion actually was more that we have is an invitation to come and meet with Jesus. So we're not just, no, those are evil thoughts and feelings. Just believe right. Cut it off in a second. Just believe right. No, that's your invitation. You get to take that emotion of disappointment or anger, whatever, your worst, you know, your, your failure, your sin, your, you know, your deprivation, whatever, you get to take that. That's your invitation. And you take that thing and you say, Jesus, I bring this thing to you. And it's, it's consuming me. And you do get to do this beautiful exchange until he gives you what's his. And you get to experience the inheritance that are part for the kingdom, the saints that, that live in, in this kingdom. Um, I just think about Anton Road to keep on them. Coming up this weekend, Friday, a family um, member's funeral. Okay? The hardest of times. Saturday, a wonderful celebration of a very dear friend of ours that was turning 50th, uh, 50 last night. Wonderful celebration. It's, it's not like, is Jesus not in this, but he's in this? No, he's in all these things. We get to bring all of these aspects of our life to him. And so just as an example, I want to just 
there's many people here that own their own businesses. Just in terms of like, what does fruitfulness look like practically? Okay. Um, think about the times when, if you've been in a situation with your own business, when you started, you don't have money to pay the bills. The month ends coming up. You've got staff to pay. Um, the money hasn't come in yet. What am I going to do? And you freak out and you cannot sleep and you are anxious and you are fretful and you are looking into the mirror of this thing called month-end payments that I don't have, I can't make this work. Okay? And you, it like beats you. You're just done because you, and you're not sleeping and it's, the week goes in and, and then somehow you get through uh, month end and it works out and you know and then you come back the next month and then it's the same thing and you're going through the cycle but at some point you realize actually I shouldn't this doesn't have legitimacy it cannot dominate my life from whenever it starts dominating our life from the 15th or the 10th or whatever maybe from the beginning of the month we you know we get to come and we get to bring those things and we get to bring them to Jesus and we get to say Jesus like actually my provision is taken care of. Um, my provision is taken care of you in you. I don't have to feel these feelings of aloneness and isolation and I have to make it work. I get to experience like the fullness of the riches of heaven. I get to do that exchange. Has the situation changed? It hasn't, but my heart position has changed because I can come to him and say, and then walk away and say, oh, Jesus, I'm in a place of peace. I can experience your joy. It's not there yet, but it's not dominating me. And friends, I want to say that it's not an instant journey. This is not a, this is not a standard. Fruitfulness is not a standard. It's an invitation for growth. Okay, so there are areas of our lives where we've become very fruitful. And then there's other areas where suddenly we, we're actually still really battling with it, you know. We can refer to the victory of, oh, Lord, you came through a hundred times before and we paid month-end whatever bills. But, and that's become part of your thing. So then when you haven't, you're like, okay, it's not there yet. But it's just an immediate. It's not like three days of that. It's just immediate. Oh, Lord, and I'm, I make a better decision and suddenly I'm fruitful in that area. That, for me, is what fruitfulness is. It's where I actually have a stronghold of goodness in my heart, where I can come. I know that the Father just turns it like that. Um, now, fruitfulness could also look like having enough money in the bank <laughs> to be able to pay that. But it's not only about that, like I said with Paul. It's when we've got lots and when we've got little. Same situation, same peace, same joy. Not circumstantial that gets to flip us between the, the two. So... I just wrote this down around fruit, and it's a, just as looking at an aspect of fruitfulness. So fruitful looks like you encountering difficult situations and walking away looking more like Jesus. We encounter those things and we walk away looking more like Jesus. That means you collide with everyday challenges that can leave you feeling fear, anxiety, hopelessness, isolation, Feelings that only have legitimacy in the kingdom of darkness. Yet you seek the presence of the Lord Jesus and you walk away feeling love, peace, joy, patience. As I said, friends, it's a journey. It's not an instant. Sometimes you've, you go through that battle and then you go through that battle again and you go through that battle again and suddenly you realize like, oh my goodness, this thing has happened to me 
but I'm not reacting the way I used to react. And, you, and your, your wife looks at you, or you look at your wife, and you're like, look how you handled that situation. You handled that so differently. A number of years ago, it would have taken you out. And um, think about the situations in your life that would have taken you out a number of years ago. And then suddenly, you go through that exact same situation. And you're just solid in Jesus. And you realize, like, oh my goodness, look how I've grown. Look how I was able to bring that to him. And for him just to bring such life in that situation. And I just love um, Psalm 23, Psalm of David, because it's like he, he almost sums up a lot of what I'm saying here in that psalm, um, where he lands. And it's, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Friends, he's always with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In your battles, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And this is where he lands. Through all of this, he says, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the God of the Lord uh, forever. Isn't that an amazing place to land? Valley of the shadow of death lying down, you know, in green pastures, all of these things, and he lands through all of this stuff. Surely the goodness and mercy of the Lord will follow me all the days of my life. Friends, that's the expectation that we need to walk with as we wake up tomorrow morning, that the goodness of, and the sweetness, that fruit of the sweetness of heaven is yours for the eating tomorrow morning, especially when you hit that very challenging thing. It's that very challenging thing isn't the thing that gets to, like, oh, well, it was because of that that things went off course. No, no, let's bring that to the Father and, 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 and have that exchange. And um, Kirsty was speaking last week at Home Church um, and also at our elders' meeting on, on um, this week, later this week, just about the story of Samson. You know, Samson, when he goes on the road and he... He faces a battle. Something comes at him. A lion comes to him. And uh, he kills the lion. And then weeks later, he comes back to the lion. And in the dead carcass of the lion, he looks. And there's a honeycomb. And he takes, out of the, the lion, he takes that honeycomb. And he eats that sweet honey. I love the theme of honey that's come through this morning. And he eats of that sweetness. And it refreshes him. And friends, it's an, it's an incredible picture of like, in the, the, the thing that the very battles that you are fighting at the moment, the Lord wants you to find sweetness and refreshment in that. It's not just left there on this thing, this, this whatever, this battle that you had. It's left there and it's lying dead. Um, and, you know, you, might, you walked away from it, you know. Normally you don't, because normally a lion and a man meeting on the road, they, the lion wins, right? But in the Lord's goodness, maybe you've beaten a battle, and you've, but you've left it lying there. You've had a, some altercation or whatever, and you've left it lying there. The Lord wants you to take you back to that battle 
or back to that promise maybe and find in that dead place to find the sweetness of his presence and to bring restoration and for you actually to find nourishment off the back of that, the, the back of that battle. And friends, that's the goodness of God. And I want to tell you a quick testimony of how I've found this week the sweetness in an old battle. Um, I shared last year about my business partner of 20 years suddenly in a week um, leaving the company and saying that he's going to go into competition. The guy that was responsible for all of our sales, I wasn't really involved in any of that sort of thing. He's leaving, he's going into competition. Like this beautiful man of God. Like it was, it was difficult to piece together, okay? Um, so I shared that, that testimony. And because of previous victories that I've had around restoration and forgiveness, I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not going down that road again of walking away with a trauma in my heart of unforgiveness. So we, it, it was dealt with last year, you know, really, um, in a good space. But there still was this, scenario, this thing of a very dear friend of mine where it's not just I can phone up and just say, hey, let's do that, because there's still, the stuff went down, you know. Um, so the sweetness of God is firstly not having any bitterness and, and um, issues in my heart before this. But on Monday, him saying, listen, can we go for coffee? Beautiful man of God. I love this man. And he says, can we go for coffee? And we go for coffee in Houghton. And he's just like, as we start, we're talking about stuff. As he starts saying what went down, he just wants, listen, I just want to apologize. He softened his heart to the Lord. I want to apologize for doing that. The very thing I spoke against I thought of doing, and I'm sorry for, for what I put you through, you know. And the sweetness is just finding a restoration in friendship where we like, I didn't have to forgive him. I'm like, it's fine. I'd already forgiven him. But it's that, it's that place of not, it doesn't look like us just never seeing each other again, okay? The sweetness is a restoration of friendship where I can just enjoy this man for who he is outside of a business context, most of the time we, we always ended up speaking about things of the Lord and I got to encourage him in the things that he's going after at the moment. Not only the act, there's another aspect to the sweetfulness or the restoration of this and the fruitfulness of this is that the very thing that the enemy came to try and destroy, okay, and pull apart and, you know, cause lack, the business turned around, okay, for him it didn't yet, but because of this, actually, we're about to get a big order. And he, just, he said, I'm not going into competition, but I'm going to be selling this, this, and this, these materials. And I can use those materials for a, the, this job that we're about to get. So instead of us walking in isolation forever, I get to now go and buy for him and see him become fruitful in supporting him. Not in competition, but actually in the very thing that... So the, the, the Lord has just turned that into a beautiful, um, a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so, friends, I want to finish there. But I want to encourage us that can we let the gospel, this good news of Jesus, and the face of Jesus, just not talk about it in like a terminology, coming to the face of Jesus, can we allow that to transform your irritability, your shortness, your lack of patience, uh, being a bit grumpy, 
lack of love, lack of joy, all of those things, can we allow that to transform the small parts of our lives that we interact with each other on? Because I really believe then we will become those that are known for our love for each other because we're actually seeing transformation. And can we anticipate fruitfulness? Can we land in that place of, like David did, surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me. Surely it is my inheritance to be fruitful. So as those things stick on you that come from the enemy, no, it's not, it's not something that you hold on to and you tell everybody about and what you're going through and that. No, it's not, it's not your identity. Those things just you, because of our expectation of what we're walking, we can walk in. It's easy to let those things go. Um, but it's a journey. So give yourself, be graceful to yourself. And if you blow it, you come back and you come back and Jesus is waiting there and we do these exchanges. So can we, can we stand? I think just to, to finish off, I just think to be able to come to the Father and think about those dead places or those battles or those things in your life at the moment that are just really dominating, dominating you. And just be real. Like I said, the litmus test is what are you feeling? If you're not experiencing all the goodness of Jesus in an area, don't stop. Bring it to him. That's your invitation, actually, to bring that thing to him. So think about those areas right now. And maybe just, yeah, close your eyes and just say, Father, like, I bring this situation or, or this battle. And friends, sometimes those battles are, it's grief. You've just lost a mother or a father. It's not something that you just say, cool, I'll swap it for, for your joy. No, it's finding Jesus in that. Not landing in complete, desperate isolation. It's not, a, it's not a switch on a light thing. It's a growth. It's a fruit. It's a relationship. This is about not getting it right. It's about coming to the Father and allowing Him to exchange the things that he came to earth to destroy, to save you from. He gave his very life to those things. He wants to do an exchange with you. He's like, give it to me. I took it. I took it. Let his comfort come in. Let his peace come in. Let his joy come in. Let his life come in. Friends, that thing that's causing you to cry right now, I just want to declare that that is going to be a thing that you are going to, you might have sown, again, seed in tears, but you're going to reap in joy. That very thing that is like, causing your pain right now, trust that the Father is going to turn that thing around, that He's going to comfort you and that He's going to turn it for your good. wake up tomorrow morning may that be your first thought I pray that the Holy Spirit gives you this as your first thought tomorrow that today I get to eat of the fruit of the kingdom of heaven may your, be anticip may your anticipation be so for the goodness of God and the sweetness around you 
that as something comes against you, it doesn't derail you, but it turns you towards Him.